robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Maybe two stops. And like, you know, like a neon of kicking something outside. Yeah. It was great. It was really great. So then when we thought, oh, we're going to doubt not. We, well, actually, we knew we were going to move here. We're about an hour and a half north of Dallas, uh, just outside a town called McKinney. And we're like, if it's really quiet at night, you can hear cows. We're all oh, okay. like, you see stars too, Wait, right? Yeah. Why Maybe did star- you Why did yeah. you move that far? Well, we knew we knew. Well, because of the schools, we did a lot of research. We thought, and we um, we needed to be in Dallas for a little. Two years ago, we needed to be in Dallas. We thought. Mm-hmm. And so we made a point to come here. It was we were in Korea? We were very happy. There it was a hard choice, but we thought, um, oh, so there's there is barbecue. The first two weeks that we were here, we went to all the barbecue places you could go to. Nice. Well, them are pretty good, but um, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. I, I I just we we haven't been we haven't been back since. Um, wow. We do love it here. I just want to as a you know if there's anyone listening who's from Texas because they're they're really passionate about like. This place is amazing. It's like the American Tokyo as far as like it's super clean. Mm. People are really nice. It's super safe where we are um, mm. just because cows aren't dangerous. Yeah, but you don't have a vending machine right outside of your, your house. That's that's where the similarities <laughs> end. But, but the main, you know, the first thing you hear out of people's funny. mouth, oh, it sure was clean and safe. Like that. And then, and then okay. That, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have, you don't have a Lawson's walking distance from you where you could get fried uh, chicken bits. Yeah, no, no. that's that's the one. Now, now my hand is shaking again. <laughs> because I can't, I can't go there as long as this is going on. I can't. I was, I was supposed to be there now. I'm not, not, not going. You know, I have a friend who literally like flew out, like you know, got fed up with like the the quarantine situation in Los Angeles and flew out to Japan. And, um, and then like literally like the next day, uh, while they were there, they got an, an, an email, like news notification, like basically saying like, look, if you're an American citizen, get, get out the fuck back now. Oh, that was just yeah. a few days ago. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they, and they like, you know, and I was messaging them like on, while they're on the plane back to the States oh. and I was just like, oh man. Man, all that fried chicken at Lawson's. <laughs> <laughs> out big time, man. You yeah. know, all that, all that hot tea in the vending machine. Yeah. You, know, it, so, it, you can yeah. go down a long list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Well, those, are, those are just the, I mean, like, I mean, I imagine like if I was in Japan right now and I was shut in, you know, I, and, you know, those would be my best friends. You yes, know, vending machines. You, you know. ever been shut in like short term, like a typhoon? Like those are really fun. Like where you can ride it out and you go down and then oh no, grab stuff and go that. back up and building moves. It's amazing. Oh really? But I don't know if I'd be able to handle like this long. You know, it's oh, I, no, no. I, I especially like in a really like small claustrophobic Japanese like apartment or something like that. Like you sure, know. that's that's what I meant, right? Like yeah, no, it, it would it would like. You know, eat me alive. But anyways, this is Robot and the Fucking Bear. <laughs> that, that was a that was a long <laughs> intro. This is, this is Eric Nakamura, and we got our guest David Horvath of Ugly Dolls. Yes, hello. Um, um, it is. I don't know how many days. It's our third week, I think, of being shut in. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, 
you know, um, we were, we are finally like getting back on the ball. We, we were trying to, I think we tried to write it out for a couple of weeks thinking like, okay, a couple of weeks, you know, we could do this. And now we are like, you know, locked into the zoom. I, I have yeah. a feeling the zoom logo is probably going to show up on the bottom right-hand corner of our stream. I don't stream. think so. Actually, no. Yeah, I don't see any. Logos. I don't think so. I put it later, like you click. Yeah, I think they I put agree. it in later. Like, oh, they yeah. do. Okay, like, put a lot of stuff later. You click, click yeah. the green. When you, yeah. yeah, it's all right. But, all kinds of stuff. But how's hey. everyone doing? We're fine. I'm fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. I'm lockdown good. here is a like. What is, what is lockdown for you? What is your like? What is your day to day now, man? Or do you have one? Um, I do. Like what, what is the routine now that you just can't even go out? Oh, so I have a trouble sleeping. So like lately, so I've been getting up at like five, five or six a.m. Oh wow. Um. So and I, you know, maybe some days I'll sleep earlier, uh, but then no, I might sleep at midnight or something. Sometimes later, and then I'll wake up at five or something. So, uh, I've been doing that almost every day except I did a twelve-hour sleep uh, yesterday, which was the longest. But I took medicine for that. Oh, uh, wow. but then, uh, every day, yeah, back today, 5 a.m. again. So like you're uh, literally doping for your sleep. Yeah. Um, nice. That's well, a little bit of stress, man. Yeah. So, um, oh, but yeah, then, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I do still wake up, get ready to go pretend it's work. I have my coffee and I get up early and I'm checking out the news, of course. And then I go to GR and I go there for, I don't even know, man, sometimes, uh, three hours in the morning, sometimes less, but I'm jamming going fast as I can to do all the stuff I need to do. And then I, try to get out before 11, uh, 11 a.m., and then uh, I come back home and plot, work on more little things here and there. But uh, I've been keeping pretty busy, uh, maybe the last couple of days less, but, you know, overall, no, I've been keeping pretty busy. You guys uh, still fulfilling, like, uh, online orders? Oh, and, sure. and it's, it's, a little oh, bit. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's better than normal or anything like that. I mean, it's it's sympathy purchases man i think <laughs> so hey you know at least yeah. you're getting sympathy that's yeah. pretty great you know so there is that but uh no I'm, I'm keeping very i feel like it's i'm very busy i'm very aware of what time of the day it is all the time and uh i know when the weekend is i, I mean you know like there's some people saying god every day just seems like the same and it's like all the same and the time's the same but i'm like no i'm really aware what day of the week and what's going on uh you know i'm i'm pretty much uh no, I'm on. I'm on top of it. I would say I feel more stressed out, but I'm, I, I'm as busy as normal, I guess. Wow. Yeah, that's all. I'm. I'm trying to get better out of all this. Believe it or not, how is that supposed to happen? I don't know, but that's the plan. So I do ex- exercise every day. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so I do a workout every day too. Um, just about. You stay at home for that, or do you run around outside and risk uh, dodging the nope. uh, apocalypse? I stay at home. <laughs> I'm inside doing that. So yeah. So I'm trying to keep pretty um, disciplined and, you know, I'm trying to clean up too at the same time, you know, which is a lot of work in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's, that's all. But just, that's how I'm kind of seeing it as a, a chance of improvement. Not, not really just this thing of where, oh, everything's going to be fucked up. So I'm just going to let it be, but no, I'm trying to improve through all this. That's, nice. the, that's my plan. It's a great attitude. That's a really good attitude. That's all I got, but Yeah. <laughs> That's very good for me. This is this is like how my life has always been. Is, oh. Always is, except I just go out less and I eat out less. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, like I'm just I'm I, I like being in my space. I love being in my space. You know. So you know. Um, 
you know, and um, it just, it, it, I, I get to create excuses for myself. Like, oh, I didn't get that project done. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the stuff that requires you being at home and really concentrating. Oh. <laughs> oh. I couldn't do it. COVID-19, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I have an excuse now for a lot of things, which I haven't really fully taken advantage of simply because like, you know, I mean, like there's a lot of things on my mind obviously, you know, like concerning, like, you know, how the rest of this year is going to work out. Um, especially with like, you know, the fact that so many shows are like so many of my plans have just are kind of shuddering right now because of the situation, you know, and that's like, you know, basically where a huge chunk of my finances come from like art shows and, um, events, you know, yep. so like, um, welcome, you know, I, welcome to everybody's life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. true. But like, it, it's, it, it's my, for me, it's like, a, I think it's like, uh, and most artists, it's a, a pretty big gamble we generally take. I think so. You know, you know because okay. like, you know, we are like, you know, the, we don't like ever take, I don't think any of us, any, um, any artists really took into consideration what would happen like in a global pandemic maybe because this is the first global pandemic in most of our younger lives right like you you can risk you can assess the risks and you can kind of see okay i might have to struggle this might be painful this might all mm -hmm. be painful but you don't mm -hmm. imagine you still imagine the world being there where you can operate in it at least right you can suffer in it too. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can, yeah. yeah. Like there's, there, there's, there's, there's a certain scenario. room, a uh, room to, uh, to, uh, uh, a little bit of give and take, you know, when it comes to like general, like societal issues, but like something like this is just kind of like, wow. Like, I mean, I'm glad galleries are still trying to, you know, hustle and push and, yep do something because they have to keep their doors open too Dude, we have rent with no uh no walk-in customers right they, some galleries don't need any walk-in customers but um no there's some like i have a i have a retail store there's not i haven't had a sale there in a month so wow. <laughs> you know what i'm saying no one's bought anything oh. there in a month so it's like there's no money walking in the door it's just whatever happens online has got to rescue it all so yeah, you got to like one. beef up the st online store, I guess. Yeah, but know, for that, you still have to have certain things. I mean, there are certain things people aren't going to buy right now. Right. You know, right. it's just kind of one of those things like, like, yeah, it's one of those things. You just have to have the things people want and not everyone's going to want everything. So, well, we're so, in the, that reaction yeah. phase, right? Where every single person at all levels is like first freeze and then. Am I going to be able to keep doing what I like doing at this level, this level, this level, this level? I, yeah. I guess. I mean, that's that's like, what I immediately like. Started. Our our blind boxes, this hot item right now. Like, oh man, I'm <laughs> stuck in. I'm going to buy a bunch of blind boxes. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Like, yeah, somebody is out there buying it, but not. Uh, that's not hot, man. That's not. The There's hot like item. one chase figure guy. <laughs> yeah, for a country who's like, I'm gonna. You know. Yeah. No. Mm, yeah. Everyone else is like. Shh. Yeah, should I have collected all of these for the last year? <laughs> Maybe right. it might be the opposite. I yeah. wish I had a heads up, man. I would have not bought anything for a year or two or you know, ten. I've got six hundred Funko Pops, man. What am I gonna do? You know, sure, it's yeah, that's like that, that's, right? that's that's like, a like an empire. With it's the, like, what? Oh, I'm gonna use my this. I'm hungry. What am I gonna do? I have six hundred Funko Pops. 
Right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. What's the what is eBay like right now? Is there? Uh, I don't know. If you're like, if you've got the rare stuff right now, maybe it's pretty tricky. You might be okay though. There's always the higher end of of all sales. Like people are going to buy something that's expensive because sure. they have a lot of money. But uh, maybe that like low middle might be kind of hurting. Sure. Yeah. If there's a certain percentage of people in the Hollywood Hills who can make rent for the next year, they're probably more like swooping down. Like, yeah, I know. This, cha- this is a chance right now. This is the opportunity yeah. where people are fucking hungry and broke and fired yeah. and right. laid you're off or collector on Instagram <laughs> who likes to show off that full room of all the 12 backs. And you're like, hey, you still want to, uh, you still hold on to all those, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still feeling it the same way, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll clean them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like that. That's, that's hard. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you're in you're in Texas, David. So how how are things over there? So we yeah, we, we moved here uh two years ago to work on the the Ugly Doll movie. The actual animation was done in Dallas. So we wanted to be in you know close by and uh we started looking at schools and where the best schools are. And coming from South Korea, we were very torn. Uh we still talk about moving back all the time, maybe even wow in this january that's the safest uh, place to be now isn't it yeah i know yeah. we were thinking well we almost brought our in-laws here my in-laws uh sudman's parents here mm-hmm. and then we would now <laughs> realize oh, the... good thing we didn't we probably yeah. maybe maybe should have gone there maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but we're, no. we're okay here physically i i guess so far we don't go out we don't meet other we haven't met anyone outside just my two kids sunmin and i in in since like end of january wow uh, we haven't physically gone out anywhere at all since end of January. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we saw those first scary videos, like middle January coming out of, you know, like a, where people were on the street falling down and, and having seizures. I don't even know if the seizure videos were related, but just those all got glued, you know, grouped in there. Right. And I started buying everything we needed like that, right. That right. When there was plenty of just everything. Yeah. And I went real slow, like just cause you know, toilet paper here's huge. So <laughs> Texas, you go big <laughs> by two and they're sold out. So I, I didn't want to be, but, but I did little by little. And then we were done, went down to the Korean market. And I thought, ah, this is not going to stay. Wait, there's a Korean market up there. Yeah. About an hour from here. There's a an hour. There's an H Mart. Yeah. yeah. In, in, uh, in, in Plano. Is it officially? I don't, I don't remember. We're is there we're, a large Korean community in the, out there. Uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah. There's some good Korean restaurants for sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when we first got here, we started seeking out all these places, and then we just like after four or five months of that, and just how far it really is. It was like Korean market trip, Korean market food court while we're there. And mm-hmm. uh, my kids go to a Korean art school and piano school there, like right down there. Oh, nice. So we'll do the shopping while we're, while you know we get them into their art school and piano school. We've been doing that for two years. Right. And, that, and we we see them. We haven't been over there since. January. I don't think they're open. Right, um, right. But I was getting masks from the in-laws from Korea back in January, and we sent most of them back because we were so worried about them. Yeah. You know that that. But then we were. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so well, I mean, well, we didn't really go anywhere anyway. So why why is it that um why is the animation in Dallas of all places? Oh, there's a place, Real FX, uh, a studio out there in Dallas that they're really good. Uh, that that's not um the Rodriguez one. That's not no, really no. Right. He is here, but he's in. Uh, he's uh, near Austin. Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, he was originally going to be our director, so we met with him. I would flew over. The, I flew over there from L.A. a few times, but then mm-hmm. once Real FX was assigned the actual movie for the, you know, they did pretty much all of it. Mm-hmm. Then we thought, well, we should 
we should at least be nearby instead of just having to fly all the time. And then they kind of, if you're flying there, it's more like here's a bunch of stuff after it's too late and that right. you'd love to see. And more like a, you have to set it up and it's scheduled. And whereas we could just pop in and see how, how things wow. are going. Mm. And then my kids just fell in love with their school here. They really, I mean, I was really worried about taking them out of school from Korea to, to, to huge change from, mm. you know, Seoul to uh, they were going to an international school uh, in Seoul and then suddenly here to these very small public schools, uh, which are really actually fantastic. Mm. Uh, and one of the best parts of being here. So we decided to just stay here as long as we could because they were so happy here. Oh, cool. Them. Awesome. Uh, but there's not, but there is nothing here. So we don't really, really, we don't go out. We don't go to restaurants. There's one Thai restaurant that will go to, and that sort of like decreased in frequency anyway. Right. So we, we just work at home and that's it, man. I, I wake up uh, at like four, go to the gym, uh, run four? around a little bit. Four. Did you say four? Yeah, four. Well, Holy not shit. not anymore. This, this has changed everything. But my for the last two years, it was get up at four, do that, uh, work until they're awake at six um, thirty. Take I take them to school, drop them off, go back to the gym, work more, pick them up at school, uh, and then once I came home from picking them up, that was that was it. That was our whole life. And then we would go to Target or go drive around nature to see the cows or something. Wow. So wait, yeah. t- t- take us through the movie. Can you talk talk about that a little bit? I think so. Because uh, I don't know if people no, have ever I had, heard. I didn't see it, so <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Um, I, no, I, 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 didn't, saw, oh, I saw it with Eric. It, yeah, I, it, did, <laughs> it, did, it didn't seem like, you know, uh, I haven't been really into anime, like CG animation lately. I'm still a 2D, you know, cell animation kind of guy. Which is yes. the reason why I watch anime, so I apologize. Well, and I know it, we know but, what the movie's kind of about, but more so like the the background of process, it all. Yeah, yeah the background. Oh, yeah. For know? us, the process was wow. Like right when we started, um, right when we started Ugly Doll, I was still sitting on, I was sleeping on my sister's floor in Sherman Oaks under her fish tank when we first started, and Sunmin was still in Korea, and um, Eric put us in uh, Giant Robot, like in a in the. Um, Ryan McGinnis issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh-oh, upgraded. This meeting has been upgraded. Thank you. To what? <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Upgrade. Uh, okay, so they do listen. All right, so then uh, <laughs> we, 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 uh, we got a call from Linda Siminski, who at the time was uh, at Cartoon Network, and she was uh, an executive there, a development executive or a, an anime, you know, like a producer. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to talk about, I guess she liked the material in, the ugly doll material in giant robot and wanted to talk more. But then by the time I got to go talk to her, she was leaving to go become the top person at PBS where she still is now. Mm, and then wow. she was replaced by someone, uh, this guy, Sam register who did the puffy Ayumi show. Um, wow. <laughs> That's also, wow. Huge, he did like teen Titans. Uh, I think, well, he did all, all. Yeah. And then, and then he left. So, so we were with him. Uh, ugly doll was at cartoon network, uh, for, for a little while. It was going really well. But Wait, then, what year was that? Uh, this was 2003 or four. So this is like way, right way long ago. Wow. Yeah, this, I, I was meeting <laughs> okay. them before we actually even really started putting out the factory versions. Right. Like this was right when we placed that first ad in Giant Robot where they're kind of like opening other, like looking in the copy machine. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a copy machine. There's one where they were looking in a refrigerator, like right during those issues is when we were meeting with Cartoon Network. Wow. Uh, so I moved to New York. Uh, I moved to New York, but then 
it was with Cartoon, but then he, uh, Sam Register had to go, uh, left. He became like the biggest big guy at Warner Brothers Animation, and I think he still is. And um, so it went from that to uh, then being a potential movie with Illumination. We met Chris Maladondri soon after this. It was maybe 2007 or and six. And Illumination is big for, uh, what are those things called? Minions. Minions, Min- yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't even, it's like, I'll go like this. It's a, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Thing. It's a pill. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the, main, the main guy behind Minions, Chris Maldondri, was when we first met him, he was at Blue Sky, which was the animation company at um, Fox, right? And he was doing Ice Age and robots. And I think he was just working on Horton Hears a Who when we first met him, mm-hmm. uh, him and uh, uh, John Cohen. And then they left to form Illumination. And so we wow. met with them in the very early, super early days. Um, and that's when our ugly guidebooks came out and he kind of fell in love with those. And then we just kept talking and uh, did a deal with him and worked with him. Uh, in fact, we got a house. We were living in Korea at the time and we bought a place in LA uh, just so that we could be there to work closely with him. You know, we even found a place where, cause we were, Sunmin and I were writing the whole thing where we found a place where we could have a separate office at home. That was kind of a wave and no windows and where we could kind of like, storyboard the whole thing out wow. the room and uh yeah we worked on that quite intensely for for many years and then um yeah i think um it was going really well until we re- i think that then minions came uh despicable me right that was the first minions movie yes and uh it, it was it was going really well until it wasn't and the uh i think at that time illumination then um either was acquired fully by uh universal i don't i don't remember how it worked exactly mm-hmm. uh but right when my son was born the um top guy at universal was he uh he was no longer at universal and he called us and then our movie also went away it was like a, a, a despicable me had such a huge hit that their entire future slate had changed uh dramatically i i, I think at least that's i didn't hear from them directly but just after hearing what happened did the minions copy that the eyes of an ugly doll no look i'm not re- about to say either look, way <laughs> look 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 right over your shoulder right at your shoulder oh that looks just change the head to a rounder pill and this oh this is this is this is wedge head this is not a minion. I, no i know but it just imagine oh, if you I'm put that to imagine remember minion eyes my my, yeah. my only memory of minion is what if that head was perfectly round and wedge head was around first Oh, oh, oh! You mean the ugly worms with the hair? Like, this. yeah, but they they were they were green and they didn't have goggles, so it's completely different. Okay. Anyway, uh, but but there's, yeah, a, similar, there's a who made minions? Was that just some like? Is that an individual artist or is that just some? Uh, random, the like, the original version of Despicable Me, as I understand it, um, I forgot his name now and where he's from, but it did not have minions in it. I think that was those were the brainchild of the. Is it called McGuff? The French animation company that Illumination ultimately acquired, oh, and then still still works with and use it. Like that's that's who they that's okay. who they are. Okay, so then what happened? Because <laughs> this is uh, only one third of the so, story. So the main guy from Universal left, and then he contacted us soon after and said, "Well, I'm with other people uh, starting this new, completely new studio, STX, and we we still want the Ugly Doll movie, and we want it to be our first animated movie and." We had just 
after, after our movie didn't work, it was, it was very hard. Honestly, it was very hard on Sunmin and I both. Like we were loved being in Korea. We were going to stay in Korea and we were kind of done, but we did want to work with uh, Chris very much. So we, we moved for that. And when it didn't work, it was like, Oh man, that was expensive. So we, we moved back to Korea and we thought, okay, now we're, we're super done. And I, I'm not, I'm going to go build like 2000. That was like 2014 summer. I thought, okay, I'm going to focus on building Japan back up again. So work on Korea and expand Korea and then um, apply everything that I've learned so far to grow Japan. I'm just going to do that. And then I'm very happy doing that. I love doing that. I love it there. I love the character culture and the business there and that figuring that out. And I decided that's, I don't know if I'm even good at it, but I enjoy it so much that I'm just going to force my way in it somehow. I don't care if it's like I'm the last place person or not even last place, but I just want to exist in that world because it makes me happy. And that's what I need to be doing and not chasing movies. I'm not really a movie maker. So let's, let's do that. And then of course, immediately, right when we unpacked, uh, STX called. And, um, so Sunman and I were very involved with, um, the illumination project, very hands-on. So for that one, for STX, we more, like all the relationships with STX and all of that was more our, our business partners on the New Jersey side, like the, uh, the guys who did the actual sales and all, all that, you know, like the, the logistics side. Uh, we thought, well, we didn't really even, they didn't even really meet Chris more than once that whole time. And they weren't, they were, we would just update them on how it was going. And I think it's better if they, they have all these, con- it was their contacts kind of in a way, uh, really. And we just wanted to focus on building Japan and Korea. And that was, that was more them. So we, wow. we, we were more just like, well, we were pretty hands-on with uh, Robert Rodriguez early on um, when, when his, as, as his version was sort of forming, but really even that was, I think, I don't know how many, not that many meetings, just a few, but he had us over there for several, you know, for a, a few days at a time. And uh, now, Oh, is there someone out? There's someone outside my door listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, just someone snuck a note. I thought it was a foot. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, and then, but now, now it's, it's, I'm, I'm pausing so much because now we're really hands-on and what we're working on now, that's still going very much. We're still working with STX mm-hmm. and I cannot even explain like we were going to have this whole thing come out now. That was the plan, I think, originally. But what whole thing? Uh, well, yeah, that's that's the problem. Now, now I don't know because it, because it doesn't seem so. So I think I think that it it will uh, continue. What's and it? I, I wish I could yeah, say more the, about it. But there's a, a show, a movie, or uh... oh well, there. I mean, there was there was a movie already, and then they had right. announced that that you know that, that there would be. Uh, I, I don't remember what they had announced about television or not. Was it the Hulu, so was it a show remember. on Hulu or something? Yeah, I think that was that's been that's been out there, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, well, so. You you've written, <laughs> you've written about it. Okay, I've written about it, so that's yeah. that, that that part's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine to keep. But then you, I wasn't sure what, what where that is at, at this moment. Oh, I'm not. I can't say it. That's that's oh. the worst part. That's. But is it being is it being worked? Hey, on? let me go on a podcast so I can stutter and not tell you things that. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go oh, back to the movie on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, let, let's go go back to the movie. What did you think of it after all of that? What did you uh, think of it? 
Well, there were there were oh there were parts of us parts of it that we absolutely loved. Um, we were very in love with everybody who was working on it. I can tell you, everybody who was working on it was super into it and absolutely loved what they were doing. So I think that's what we kind of fed off the most. Mm-hmm. You know, I would fly from Korea and kind of stay at my, you know, stay stay in LA for a few days, so I'm not completely jet lagged and I understand what I'm looking at. Um, for the early stages, it was more like pop in a couple times a year to see how how it's going. Mm-hmm. But once we moved out here and I was able to actually spend time, it was pretty interesting. It was pretty interesting to have that. I've, I've had tons of meetings at every studio there is, but I've never really um, sat with the people who actually physically do the work and get this stuff done. Really. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that part's been pretty fascinating. That was pretty fascinating to watch all that. Yeah. That's, that was, I guess a once in a lifetime, like we're not, we're not really filmmakers. We're not animators. So we're never going to really have, that much i mean who knows about the future right i think i think we're storytellers and we love characters and we love telling stories through our characters Mm -hmm. but you know that we really got to uh, be hands-on with actual animators and people in the animation industry okay so what would you do different next time like let's say there's another one says hey we want to make an ugly doll movie what would you do different so we about about six months six months or so before the ugly doll movie came out we were uh, approached by another completely different studio who was interested in a lot of our other characters, which I also can't say a darn thing about, but th- that's been very hands-on. So it's been, it's been um, a very different experience. I think uh, it's not really for movies. So it's been more intimate and a little more hands-on and uh, a, a, a lot of work. I mean, we, I was really happy that even when I was going to Japan, when we were in Korea last summer, I would land And then I had a little game with myself, like how much, how long from my plane seat to the desk to get, start working in my room, right. And at the, at the hotel where I always stayed and I got it down to like 40 minutes from plane seat to inside the room. Door closes, stopwatch. Navigated your, navigate to the airport, get through everything, customs. Yeah. I had had it like boom, 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 down. (laughs) (laughs) And all that is gone. So, but, but, so would you rather be more hands-on then on a, on a movie project from now or yeah, well, whatever TV project? Well, I th- the, the, uh, the experience that we're cor- currently going under is extremely hands-on and, and still we want to be as collaborative as possible, that there is no such thing as like, well, this is going to be mine this time. That's, I think that's um, not, th- that's not what we're interested in because that's like, um, that would be like me going down and not wanting to collaborate with the tin tin toys that we made, but then shut out the masters of tin toys. It would, would feel very wrong. Uh, so it's our universe. And we would kind of like, here's, here's everything that we've made. And what do you guys all think of what you, what would you think of doing with this sort of, sort of thing? So I'm, I'm going to be the, the voice of whatever here. And that is, and this is coming from the guy who has not seen a movie, um, but has seen the trailers. And I kind of felt like the ugly dumb from what I gathered from the one minute and 20 seconds uh, that I, I saw was that it, to me, didn't feel like an ugly doll movie. In sure, the, of course. In the vision of your vision. 
you know, because yes. I've seen your comics, I've seen your, uh, you know, I've, I've been following you in Giant um, as a friend and through Giant Robot Magazine before we even knew each other for obviously over a decade. And your work definitely had this sense of whimsy and a, a very subtle, like nihilistic kind of sense of humor, you know, like sure, yes. reading through it and like, what I saw in the trailers, at least, kind of had was, it just wasn't that. No, you know? not at all. Yes, no. of course. Yeah, and, very different. And I think if uh, the I think had the Illumination version uh, materialized and gone all the way through, it would have. I don't. I don't know if it would have been better, but it would have looked like that and come across that way, and it would have sounded like that. It was kind of going to be exactly pulled straight from the Ugly Guides pages wow and i think i think that that could be that could have been i mean uh, for us we thought with this one that we wanted to show how you would get there because one i think one thing that hurt us maybe and maybe with the original illumination one was that we were just kind of cold starting from all of that and that while appreciated by like maybe maybe you and a few others would have probably been like what the F am I looking at to a lot of people right. also. So it, we, we toiled with that and we twisted and turned over that for years. Sure. Like uh, what, did, what is that that you suddenly throw what we think, you know, this, this version, right? The version that's just been there. What happens if you just throw that at people or can you show how you get to that point? Which I think it turns out we'll be able to show and I think as we go, uh, especially with the projects that, you know, if, if we were, if we keep going, would, would get closer and closer and closer to that as, as we went, I, I don't want to call it an origin story. That sounds very overused, but something it, it where kind like, of is. How, it is. how would it get to that point? How does it, how, how would they even have that kind of humor and that sort of, you know, instead of just cold open with that and then risk, you know, but I guess no matter what you open with, it's a giant risk, right? So we just right. had to make the call at some point. Yeah, I, I almost, I would, I would almost love to see, like, you know, like your your drawings, the the original style doodles that you did, you know, become animated as two dimensional, two D, maybe in the CG animation kind of you know world, but like sure. that's how it's all done these days. Sure, sure. But like you know, done in two D and like. You know, and and like just have like these like really kind of silly, but like and like head scratchy kind of, you know, punchlines that like I think you know I I when I, when I think of like you know Ugly Doll is you know like uh, would work and and like would probably I could see it being done in like very short like. TikToky kind of animation. Oh sure, you know. like interstitials, right? Like kind of like interstitials. How the Simpsons started. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, it's all really short bits. You know, I, I think that's just kind of the way we have to like. I, I, I like. I, I mean, like you know, you're obviously at a totally different you know place with you know the brand and you know. I mean, you fuck. You've had a fucking feature film with huge, like, you know, celebrity voices, you know, doing sure. it. So, you know, it, but like, do you, do you think that like, even something like that, like doing these short, like short, like shorter pieces 
would that be a step back or would it just be kind of a, or would it be more of a, an acknowledgement of where we are? Sure. Of course. I think uh, yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's something that we would go back and forth with all the time and, and still do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more on the way someday. And um, I, I wish I could say more, but I think, <laughs> I think, uh, well, for, for ugly doll specifically, I think that, Ultimately, if there are fans out there of the original content and the feeling and the vibe, mm-hmm. um, if hopefully it's it's coming, uh, and uh, you know, I, I wish I could say in what capacity and when and what format and all that. And uh, wow, okay, wait, does it at least does it continue with similar animation? You could probably say that part. Yeah, well, look- I I I think that's that's hard to also get in trouble and r- reveal because that's, then a, that's, that's a yes or no, man. Well, no, because I, we, yeah. Well, I you said so no, too. you just said no. I heard that. Well, I thought so too, but then, well, no meaning like a California type. No, but like that kind of no, but because, because that, that, that also opens up discussions with uh, the animation companies. And uh, <laughs> it, it means it, it actually, I wish I could even say, I, I can't wait to write, to come back and say, remember when you asked me a simple question about, is it going to be 2D or 3D and why that would matter to wait until I tell you why that matters to the type of people who you wouldn't even have dreamed that it would matter to blow your mind. Right. I wish I could tell you. You know what, how I'd like to see it um, uh, animated. I would love to see it animated in stop motion with felted. Um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, cool. that would be that would be really cool. You know, would because be cool. it would like a really emulate the look of the actual plushes, but like in a well, slightly more delicate kind of way, obviously. But like, I, I uh, that would be kind of neat, like kind of South Parkish with, but you can actually see the fabric. Um, well, have you? Uh, you probably haven't watched uh, B Stars on. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, I know that's important, Netflix. but I haven't watched it. It's okay. I mean, like, it, I mean, it's, it's 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 just interesting. But like, they have it. They do their opening credit scenes with. Um, it's all, in, I think, probably you know, directed in Japan, but animated in Korea or like, or Vietnam or wherever they do these kind of stop wherever they do stop motion. But it's all felted. You know, Bangladesh, man. Yeah, or Bangladesh, <laughs> <laughs> or Thailand, or somewhere like that. But like, and like to see like David's characters, you know, with a I similar agree. treatment would like be amazing. Sure, make it happen, David. Well, we've we've been I, we we've been very hard at work on in the animation world for the last year and a half, like we like we've never had before, and. uh part of the we we were supposed to have announced a whole bunch of stuff by now and with this happening and well that yeah it's not it's gonna have to wait it'll have to wait but we're we're super into it as in involved in it and working in it and in many capacities now Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's cool then see so are you writing too a little bit or are you not writing we we did we've we were so what so what I would do is we when we were in Korea in the summer I would go to to Tokyo to then just go to a hotel to just be locked away <laughs> so I could write and wow. draw for weeks at a time right I could never do that I I'd be like going that. crazy in Tokyo well, no here yes well, well, Tokyo, but I no. wouldn't stay in Shibuya or like uh, Shinjuku you know like I would go doesn't to fucking matter <laughs> <laughs> it's Japan mean, well but it was yeah. nice to then when you step out to take a break it's there instead of you know wherever I mean okay. I I really enjoyed working in Korea also but there was 
brother-in-law calls me and let's go. Okay. And then father-in-law says, let's go. I got to go. And there's a lot of, uh, oh, and then, you know, just my kids on top of that, which, you know, I, I want to go. I, I mean, I was very happy to go. That was a problem. Like I, like everyone who called me was like, yeah, yeah let's go. Whereas mm-hmm. where I was staying in uh, Kamata, right, right by the Haneda airport, whenever I would tell someone from there that I, that's where I like staying, they would just like laugh and tease me. Like, Why? But it's like perfect. Cause now you'll never come visit me there. It's like, you know, I could really, get <laughs> so it was a great, great place to work and just be in, in the zone and get, you know, I would, I would get in one day, I would do a week's worth of work that I would have done at home or in, in Korea. I could have, I really did. It was an intense summer for sure. Wow. Very so proud about that. I who hope you'll see, ugly? hopefully get to see sooner than later what. Hope so too. Yeah. So yeah. who owns Ugly Doll now? Do you still own part of Ugly Doll or is that now owned by somebody else? Sure. Or? The movie, the, you know, the movie is owned by uh, STX. I don't own the movie. I, I didn't pay for it. So it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think whoever pays for whatever pays for owns it. Like even Critterbox still owns those molds, right? Right. They, those are theirs. Oh. But, so, but you could still create new stuff with Ugly Dolls without any outside There's approval. A lot of cool new stuff coming. I I can guarantee you very very soon. And the stuff that we do uh, ultimately in Japan this time, I've because I think it was very frustrating in 2015. We did a lot, but then you couldn't really get it in the states. You know, everything from the little train pass things to the Sanrio stuff that was actually made by Sanrio. I think there was one store that how they snuck them out hmm. Japan, LA. I think got some, but. This time we're going to find a way to make it actually available to the, to the real fans, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. But that's, that's also all in the works. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes in Japan. It's going to, it's getting like just starting now. I can, I detect everyone I talk to over there is like, Oh, uh, uh, it's a little more quiet outside, but still people shops are still open, but we'll see. Well, they just went into a state of emergency yesterday, right? Yeah, there's that. Japan, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of like – in Japan, there's a lot of I, – I guess uh, some of the people I know who live there are saying weird stuff about it, saying how it's like not still not being taken seriously. And mm. uh, I, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah I, it's a big mess I, from what I understand. So we'll see what happens. So tell me about how you like – like, I'm curious about strategies for entering the – Asian markets. Oh yeah, sure. You know, oh, I, because yeah. like, you know, like it's, I, I always kind of consider, consider like, I'm especially considering like, you know, like a, something that's more product driven. It can, it, you definitely, definitely, you know, ha, it's easier to in, in, insert yourself into it. But like at the sure. same time, like there, I feel like, you know, a lot of Japanese, um, you know, collectibles and, um, like character stuff it, it's driven by this kind of hmm, what, what's the word what are the words that i'm looking for here some kind of like cult twist on the the either the myth uh, mythology or the culture or some kind of product that already is 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 rec- as recognized as part of one of the prefectures or something like mm-hmm. that you know sure. um like, how does a, you know, white guy and a Korean woman, you know, come into Japan and like, right. oh, look at what I'm doing. And well, there's a few ways you could do it. I could tell you there's there's a, only a few, though, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Um, so there was something pretty crazy happening in New York when we first started where 
people were going to Japan so that they could be perceived to be a big deal at home. And then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you may, I'm sure you know this, but it was like in New York city, there were brands where you <laughs> wanted to, what's, what's that? I, I, I saw Eric just we lost him. A, a, a drawing and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I think he was, you know, I think he's, using he was like, I've heard this one before and this is long. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll do the short version and he'll come back like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Aren't you on part two? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, wait, okay. So you're so back in the early two thousands. Right. Um, what was interesting in, the United States became a, a novelty of sorts. In- well, if you, if you had a brand you wanted to grow in the United States, mm-hmm. um, you needed to, I guess, uh, well, it depends if you were doing a razor brand, no, but you know, like when you walk down Avenue a and there's a life in these places, I'm talking about those brands, maybe specifically, right. uh, I was walking around New York city and, you know, in the Japanese bookstores that I've been going to since the 90s, there was Brutus and Popeye, you know, these kind of fashion poppy. Uh, I don't even know if those magazines are still a thing anymore. I don't think so. But it seemed like the New York brands, everywhere from street ban- apparel, you know, to these character things and the er- the very early character toy stuff, mm-hmm. they were making it a point. There, there, were, there were like cool hip editors from crazy hip fashion magazines in Japan who were visiting certain places in New York that they thought were cool and Mm. reporting about them. Mm. And you wanted your potential base in the States Mm -hmm. to go to the Japanese bookstore and find these cool magazines and Mm -hmm. see, that's the place on the corner on Avenue A and whatever, you know, street. Right. You wanted your base in the States to find your stuff in those specific magazines because those kids are thinking that those magazines are the, you know, are the shit. And, and, Mm -hmm. but meanwhile, the, the, the reality is that in Japan, they're looking at, at the time, 2003, it was like, uh, well, we did, we did that a little bit too. We kind of learned our lesson. So we made it a point to put ugly doll into Barney's New York's window, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what had to happen, we had to be in the window at Barney's. Right. So that we could get into Tower Records Shibuya. Right. Tower Records Shibuya. And at the time, it's not true anymore. But there's still, you can just plug in things and switch things around. And it'll be the same story, I think. Right. Kind of is now. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little more detailed now because there's an iPhone now. But, uh, right. Yeah. And there's hype. <laughs> and it costs $50,000 to get them to post something of yours. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Or you can sidestep that still. Like, a, uh, like we, we very much think that, well, I'm, I'm going to jump around too much. But, okay, back then it was, I think you get it, though, that mm-hmm. I wanted to grow my brand in, in the city. Uh, I needed to be seen in certain magazines because those kids here in the States, in New York, thought that if you're in there, that's, it, it just means something to them. You start to right. mean it, something it, to it them. It gives you credibility. Uh, yeah, credibility. And, and also, they just, you know, and not to make it sound shallow or fake or trickery or anything like that. It was like, I, I, I also, like those, uh, like my experience of going to the Japanese bookstore and looking at all this stuff, and I, I really truly enjoyed absorbing all of this right of i didn't have enough money to or for a plane trip or any anything right it was like the that was the place where i went to go learn right. and so uh finding a brand there um it could really begin to mean something to me and to, i would kind of bring it into my life because i'm finding it amongst all the stuff that i absolutely love and, and want to know so much more about 
Right. So it's not just about plug in hip thing here and hip thing there, but, but to appear in the right place at the right time in a place where you mean something to people. Right. Sure. sure. Uh, because these people are going to church kind of. Right. 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 Yeah. You want to, you want to have your pamphlet there in the, <laughs> right like yeah, like like having something in undefeated on la brea like fucking like 10 years ago met sure something you know, you know that you know when I, when eric first asked us to be in the store and the store was very early yeah. I, for me the store was a like a physical manifestation of the magazine that i had fallen in love with years ago right sure. so sure. it was like are you kidding yeah I, I, i'll put something in there like that's that's just we took so many pictures of just them being there, we thought, well, that's, that's what I'm going to have on my wall in 10 years, just this day. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, that, that magazine, uh, find, finding it when we were in New York still and at the Virgin Megastore and wherever, like, I, I don't know if Forbidden Planet had it, but we'd be Forbidden Planet. And then I'd go to Virgin Megastore block up on the corner mm-hmm. before yep. the movie, whatever. And, um, you know, his choices and the stuff that you put in there meant, meant a lot, like, uh, new stuff that I would discover th- thanks to Eric and and his uh, pulling here and there for, I don't know what the hell this stuff is. Wow. But then he'd show like J. Otto Siebold or some children's book illustrator that I'd really loved since like, mm-hmm. you know, decades ago or whatever, whatever it was. And it's just an incredible feeling to find things that you already love. And then these incredible things that you've never seen for the first time. And it becomes this emotional experience that forms here, who you are as a person. Right. And, uh, that's going on in Japan right now. I don't. I, there's the Asia market and then there's the Japanese market, and I think they're very different. And I I don't treat them the same way. And for me, uh, right now, uh, at least in my opinion, the character business is all uh, uh, women, women, not not female female heavy, but like la- ladies, mm-hmm. like not children, and not like children are like female designers or, fe- or female creators or female or um, like it's feminine. Well, most, 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 I think most character goods in general in Japan are purchased mostly for the most part by women. Oh, by female like purchasers. Yeah. Yeah. Like not guys. Right. <laughs> um, uh, for the mo- maybe for the most part. Sure. Um, sure. And then where different, th- then you have to break them into different, like where, where are they finding them and why, why does Snoopy keep insisting on putting the Mark Jacob Snoopy in these certain, you know, the, uh, the the Marui uh, I don't know how you say it, department store over here and uh, why why at the Ginza loft window over here right and it's because those those shoppers have this sort of emotional and uh, very deep connection with these places where these places they know how picky these places are and if you you see something there it's a big deal it's a big yeah. deal to you because you deeply care about your life is kind of like built around something in a similar way which I just described about my resonating with giant robot or the Japanese bookstore in the nineties sort of way. You know, I was actually in Japan in December and uh, I was hanging out with the couple that run uh, Tokyo fashion. And they took me around uh, to some like of these like shopping areas, you know, like outside of Harajuku. And I don't remember exactly where, but like, and you know, they're like talking to me about like, Oh, like all the clothing, in this one area, which is like in the place is packed and, you know, and the clothing is stupidly expensive and they're like, Oh, it's all chosen by this one guy. And so it's like this one guy kind of represents like, you know, to the eyes of so many, like, you know, you know, 
who's the one guy (laughs) i can't remember their the names you know it's you know i i i was just kind of like listening while staring while trying to understand why these clothes are cool um um and you know and it, it yeah it's like you know like the 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 the, deci- the decisions of the tastemaker are well, i mean i think they're as important now in japan as important in japan as they are in maybe even the rest of the world of course tastemakers vary from place to place you know we call them influencers now in the united states but like mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, the, I think that I, 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 is that what you're kind of working on, David? Are you kind of like, you know, reaching out to particular people, uh, um, in Japan to, um, um, to promote your, to like get them to like fall in love with your product and, sure. you know, share it that way? Or are you muscling your way in? Like, it's- you know. It's 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 a little of both. I think we've we've been going there consistently and and frequently since maybe two thousand two or three, mm-hmm. and immediately we sought out our heroes like Toma and Devil Robots and those that we knew from afar who just we loved their work more than anything. A lot of it was you know in Giant Robot. I I had met Dihara in in New York um, in in the late nineties. There was a store um, this guy Toshiki owned called Zaka that he had some ex- exhibitions with uh, Dihara early on, but all these other, you know, uh, really like superheroes of ours who mm-hmm. we just were, we just wanted to get to know or meet them just one time. And we just happened like the uh, uh, mad barbarians, you know, you know, that couple. Um, um, I know the name. Yeah. They, yeah. they were, they were right up there with, and, and all like the Safubi makers and the guys who are still very active. Um, mm-hmm. And even, even uh, Don, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, data. Don Dada, Dada. Yeah. Um, he actually yeah. wants to be on the show. So. Yeah. He's fantastic. Don uh, he's a great guy. That, he's a great friend of ours that we, we met at a very, very early, I think we went to a devil robots exhibition in 2003 and he was there and that's the first time we met him. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I, I met, uh, Shin uh, Kitai, you know, from devil robots, the main illustrator. Mm-hmm. And within 20 seconds of meeting him, he, he pulled me and he said, David, never, never number one. Okay. Number two is okay, but never be number one. I was, oh, really? Okay. I have, I have to talk to this person a lot more. Right. <laughs> and so I, I always made it a point to, I was just so in love with everything about everything that everyone was doing there that mm-hmm. seeking out, like I would talk to the guy who made it and I can get all my information from just there. But after talking to him, I'd want to go still look to see if I could find his work in these little weird corners and windows and be thrilled that it's there. I could have just asked him where they are. Mm-hmm. But just, I just loved the whole world that this, uh, that the character, uh, that, like this whole character world from top to bottom. I just, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I really, I, d- I did that same shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same things. Um, I had a magazine, right? So the magazine was the easier way in to meet all the people who I really enjoyed, like Devil Robots, right? I interviewed them, got to, really intimately see their studio and all that kind of stuff. So uh, same thing. I did the exact same kind of steps. We've talked about it before, but all the same steps you made, even in New York, I was there too. Like, right. I was a month off from you or something like literally right around the same time you were going to some of those little stores and we're not even going to name them. (laughs) (laughs) We could, but um, what the, what's the point? But um, no, I was, I went to the exact same stores and explored all of that and all of that, including Zaka, all of that, was 
what opened giant robot store. Yeah. Right. You know, it was like within one year of me going to all these places, right when you went same That's right. exact time. That's right. Cause I, cause I remember you mentioning what products they had and what the window looked like. And I was like, you know what? I was there for that same exact window. To That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Really I, um, but yeah, now all that opened up giant robot. So I just was trying to do all the same stuff that you saw. Yeah. I remember, I, I remember shit. even, uh, you would report back on your trips from Japan. Like, Hey, I got this Ricoh GR camera. <laughs> and then I would send you a picture. I same thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's pretty it's really, really really odd. Yeah, yeah, really odd that, and really awesome. Well, that 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 I think then you didn't we we didn't have to do too much brute force uh, getting our our foot in the door. I think because we just became very friendly with a lot of the people who like uh, the Devil Robots guys introduced me to. Um, there, there's this thing you know. Do you know the uh, chain of stores called Loft? And they're sure. kind of like fancy. They're still around. Stores. Still, they're huge. Yeah, they're huge, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was around. It was around then, but yeah. Yeah. So they they had this um, few many uh, in Shinjuku, run by Manabu, has this uh, kind of rotating exhibition that moves from all the different two hundred and some odd locations called Pop Box. Wow. And Pop Box would feature usually the core creators like Uamao and Devil Robots and Dihara had a little Pop Box. It was like these. 40 cubes and every artist got a little cube that they would express their world in that cube. And then you could pull little products from underneath the cube. And then that wow. traveling show would go to all, it's been going now for 15 years. Uh, we've been in many of them and it's everyone who's involved with them for the most part uh, or involved the most are all, all those heroes like T9G, Takuji and, 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 you know, all those, all those guys. And so, that, that he had been doing that for a long time. So we, and, and then Manabu produced our first uh, made in Japan. So Fubi, the Mothman's and the Flatwoods monsters and mm -hmm. all those guys. Right. That and, was, um, no, no, I thought that was uh, like, what, I thought that was like the Kaiji for grownups uh, line. Wasn't it? Hmm. Was that all related somehow? It was all yeah, under yeah, the yeah, same yeah. roof, right? Yeah. Yes. That was, that was some, <laughs> that was somehow related. Right. Well, then like Ishii would call to do the, uh, who, I think the Uma ones in the red packaging, the small guys were still with Manabu. And then um, in the yellow, we yeah. then, that kind of branched off and then we produced the Ugly Doll Sufubi with them after the No, I, every time I think of the, uh, the Kaiji for Grown Ups uh, toy line, I keep thinking to myself, that was Sufubi before it blew up. True. Like, you know, true. like, I, I remember like... Um, it was hot then too, though. We were both in the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yes, like that's right. You know, and yeah. I I remember like, you know, Ishii like kind of promoting the line. They'll be done with Japanese vinyl, and I was just like, okay, Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like vinyl's vinyl. So you know, and then like you know, um, um, and I think we both kind of like like had our own unique take on this idea of inserting kind of like what, what which characters did you do for um the kaiju growing up i was uh just mothman flatwoods monster and chupacabra like the yeah. uh you know yeah which I think that, big I think that's there. clever because what you're you're inserted like this kind of western like sure. monster idea into sure. your own character designs my thing was like, okay, what were my favorite kaiju movies? So I did like a Mecha Godzilla kind of sad yes. bear thing, and yeah, that was and, awesome, you know. Um, and then I did one other character, but like, which was kind of built off of like inspired by the Super Sentai stuff, you know, from you know, 
Japan and AKA Power Rangers, but like, um, you know, and uh, yeah, it, you know, and they, they came and then they kind of drifted away after like in the yellow fell apart, I guess. I think she's still out there. I, I think I'm on, he's on my list. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but like, I don't he's think- doing some video stuff or he was trying to do something at Designer Con maybe two years ago. Yeah, he's been working with this uh, Japanese animation company That's I know it. for yes. a while. Yeah. And um, he has a really cool, very tiny shop near Kamakura that specializes in old school, like uh, the Tamiya RC cars. And oh, awesome. like you walk in there and it's like being in an RC Tamiya shop from the 70s. Oh, but wow. it's very small. It's amazing. And he's he's into that? I guess he must yeah. be into that. Yeah, I like know. he I, I guess, guess his place is the place that kids go on the weekends to throw their duped out uh whatever you call it or do uh, whatever you call it, souped That's up. So cool. <laughs> RC cars and have them fly off the roof and blast apart in a million pieces. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he probably has like an entire track set up in his place or something. The, like the that. thing that blew us away about uh being able to do that was first of all just the access in general, which back then was nearly impossible. And we had uh, up when they asked us to do it, we had literally just returned from, you know, like the first couple of years we we you know, we've kind of backed off, but like uh Mandarake uh, all locations was the the church, right? And the and yeah. the Right. And, and just, uh, I think our first, I don't remember what it was, but the very first trip um, we had our manager at the time, we had a manager out there and he took us to the one down in Shibuya in the basement. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the seizure calmed down and I could see again, see this giant cabinet of all the stuff that, you know, you, you could hardly find these things really back then, especially this is all pre iPhone. I don't know if it's pre eBay, but it's pre, Everything you want. And now you use eBay as a visual database for if you want to just want to see what something looks like, right? Like this right. just everything's there. But the idea, like, you know, I would see stuff in Zaka that Toshiki, Toshiki had on Grand Street or when he was on West Broadway. He'd be lucky enough to see five or six pieces and he'd get two shipments a year. Mm-hmm. Um, like that toy book magazine where you could maybe find on the back few pages some or go to some oh. of the cons or like that'd be that one guy who sold weird like yokai videos that are bootlegs and then he'd have a couple of pieces but it wasn't like like suddenly mandarake was like cabinets and cabinets of these things that we held in high regard for our our whole lives it's sometimes cheap like inexpensive yeah. compared yeah. to what we're used to we yeah. see it here we're like it's expensive and you go there and you're like it's like one third the price of what one it is third here. the price man yeah it's yeah. crazy I felt have terrible you... about every purchase i had ever made it <laughs> i did the same thing i got ripped off so many times here by people who lied yeah about... right like i was yeah. i have to have they a talk lied. to people right now i'm gonna, I'm gonna get home and talk to somebody they lied. Yeah, they price. were saying they were saying this is rare, this is this, and oh my god, this is like impossible to get in Japan. This is a thing that would only be in auctions in Japan. You go there and it's right. just on the shelf at, at like a much cheaper price. No, and they lied. That was they the lied. that was before the internet really uh, equalized it. They lied. But yeah. But have, oh, you, have you been to? You've been well, um, uh, David. You've been back to Japan. Have you gone to the new uh, Mandarake spot in Akihabara? I, I've not seen the one that was made to deal with the massive influx of now, right. The extra, the, yeah. the super add on one that was to deal with the, yeah, I, I went there. Uh, I stopped by there and I mean, it's amazing. Like it's sure. like an entire, like, you know, freaking like it would just the equivalent of like one of the floors in the Akihabara Madarake, but like yes. spread out. 
and it's all just Safubi. It's all wow. soft vinyl. Wow. And I haven't all. been. <laughs> and it's wow. the prices are insane because of the Chinese market. Wow. Yeah, that's butters. changed it all. Yeah, changed everything. So yeah. that's interesting because there was a time when I think it almost didn't matter, which of course offended the shit out of me because it matters more than anything in the world. You know, there's my children mm-hmm. and then there's Made in Japan <laughs> vinyl right. and why motherfucker (laughs) but uh but uh, sorry i told them no kids on instagram i said this is how we're doing that's true like adults Mm -hmm. but but uh like uh, the reason we wanted to make this stuff just because we love the figures but just like like we were huge uh japanese toy maniacs in general anyway and we were always fascinated by that 1993 transition year where bandai moved everything from japan to thailand Mm. and the idea that we could be making toys in the exact place where that, where those were made. Well, cause they still make the, you know, the Sufubi guys still make like toy fair samples for, even though it's all made in China, like the very first samples from Bandai or Takara Tomi, they'll go to those guys to get like samples made for the shows. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it gets made over there. So they still utilize some of the old same guys, but like mm-hmm. those, those are just for us having, having, especially for me growing up with that stuff as a, as a small kid, um, to be standing in these places where this stuff was actually made and then to be able to make this stuff there and th- that, and why that matters. And it really does matter to a lot of people who are there. And, and a lot of fans are very worried about the larger appeal and they, because they were afraid what will happen with these creators that I've been following for decades. Are they, what's going to happen with them? And, now I'm competing against the whole world to, to just get these little things that I love so much. And, and uh, that all, all of that really, uh, we, we, that drives us crazy, like in a good way. Like we love that concern. And, and it wasn't like, yo, my prices, it was more, no, it was just because they just love following these guys. And these are like, they're, these are like the Beatles to these people, right? Sure, We're sure. just fanatic about them for decades. And yeah. uh, it's very interesting suddenly to hear Mandaraka has an extra store to handle. That blew my mind. That's incredible. Yeah. It's uh, it's like literally just like a block or two from the, uh, the, um, the subway or the, the train exit. So is it, is it, is it just all one level or what? Like when you level. walk in, it's all it one really, level. really all just like a, a Jap- it's not like a half robots and other stuff or is it like it's all safubi and it's broken down by artists you know so you know you could like you know go there and like they just it's just display case after display case after i mean just big long display cases glass everywhere and then like they have like these like this one designer i I don't even know who the designer is i took pictures of it but like they had like like super like premium stuff they're like priced at like sixteen hundred dollars a figure like in the front and i was just like jesus what's that cause no no it's it's some weird obscure like japanese artist that like i don't think any of us who are limited in our knowledge of like the toy designers in you know I I've never I don't think he's ever been to a designer con. I don't think he needs to go to a designer con. Mm-hmm. I think he probably just shows up at like, you know, one of the Japanese cons and sells his stuff there and it's all beautifully packaged in bamboo boxes and wow. you know, like, you know, with like and they're they're beautiful. Like the painting on them is immaculate. So which is mm-hmm. probably and the casting looks really clean, you know, and I was just like, 
Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I would love to have that in my collection, but I, it's not sixteen hundred dollars. You know, sure. Candy Bolton mentions uh, it's someone possibly named Utsugio. Yeah, Candy would know. Hey, Candy, I have no Utsugio. idea who's on. So. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, Candy. Candy was there when um, yeah. she was. She's the one who let me. Who showed me? I would not have known any of this uh, if it wasn't for her. Wait, when did that place open? When did that all start up? I. I... Missed it. Candy Bolton will know. Candy, Candy will know. Bolton, when Candy. did it open? <laughs> I, I hadn't been in toy stores since uh, maybe late July. Uh, and I hadn't been in Akihabara except to buy a phone in the whole last summer. So anything after September, I didn't go anywhere you know, near. I, yeah, we I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't gone to Akihabara in a while. But you know, I go to like Nakano Broadway, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, every time I go, I feel like my trip my duration to be in Nakano Broadway gets shorter and shorter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like there's less and less for me there. And um, maybe I need to go find other shops somewhere else. Mm. But the ones there are like, I feel like they're all picked through yeah, so hard that, through. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. you, you, we had talked about being there when, I mean, you, you, you could hardly just find it. You, you, even knowing that it existed in the first place. Oh, it was hard to find. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even know where ridiculous. it was. It was right. kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. Did Candy you know, those, how long it's been around for? Uh, she did not. Maybe candy. she. Uh, You're letting but, us down, Candy. <laughs> but I'm gonna assume it's probably within the last two or three years, maybe at the most. Right? I guess I just missed it. I what, uh, was oh, it? She said, "Oh, she said it opened in December 2019." So of just a few months ago of 2019. And yeah, yeah no, that, oh, that's wow. like four months ago. Oh wow! Five, oh, I haven't. Is been. that possible? Mm. When did you go to Japan, Luke? Uh, December of 2019. So it opened right then. Yeah, you were there at the grand opening, bro. Wow, no, I was at the grand opening. I was well, I was there like late November, but like yeah. Oh yeah, so and then it, it 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 opened after you left. No, I'm kidding. I'm like what? <laughs> maybe she maybe she has she she might have the wrong. You mean open oh, after oh, he you left? Like okay, he's gone. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Candy did say when you guys when you were there that was like the grand opening. Oh, oh, okay. there. cool. Yeah. You were there for this momentous occasion, wow. and you didn't I even was. know it. And I wow. didn't buy a thing. <laughs> so do we have to hurry up and get there before the closing, or what's going to well, happen? Apparently, yeah. like, according to the people that we, um, that she and I were hanging out with, like, it had already been picked through. They felt wow. like, like, you know. Yeah, so how, do you, how do you refill that once someone swoops down on it? Now what do you do? Uh, find, find, are, find the poor chaps who we need were to sell their stuff. We were hanging out with, like, one uh, a guy from we – were, uh, we were hanging out with um, – God, I can't think of – Awesome Toys – and um Rem, uh, remji another artist and like they and they brought had brought along a chinese like reseller like mm. you know and he was kind of going oh it looks like it's all been picked through already oh, wow. oh interesting. I, I have wow. no idea wow you know so that's kind of amazing Did, were you, you doing see... the uh were you were you doing some of the shows around asia like were you doing the beijing toy I was doing uh, no. I, I did Beijing Toy Show once, and um, that was interesting. You know, um, yeah, like you know, talk about like you know needing like you know, like the hype game behind your back. Like sure. you know, I, I feel like you know, you you have to have like you know some sort of like you know WeChat you know superstar. <laughs> Like you know, um, like spreading your shit around uh, uh, that way, and then like uh, I stopped by. Um, I, I was in Singapore for doing um, was a culture cartel, which was they're trying to turn into the Asian equivalent of a um, you know what the God what was that 
con called um the murakami con um gay side complex con like con, it's supposed oh, to be complex con, oh, con. They're, they're, they wanted to be more of a um like upscale street where street, kind yeah. of mm. counterculture kind of convention and yeah it was cool that was that was cool i met a lot of great people you know while uh while i was out there uh, out for that can't remember any of them but you know that's because my memory sucks. Like I'm constantly, I'm listening to you, David. I am so impressed by like your ability to recollect names, like oh, oh no. and so and so and so and so. No, so I, I talk fast enough so that you can't ask me the last name. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that's, a, that's a good trick. Smoke and mirrors, man. You know, like I, 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 you know, like I'm, you know, so bad at you know name recollection. You know, it's like, and I'll, and then I'll like, you know, throw the blame onto them. Like, well, if you only left a better impression on me, I'd remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not a good signature. No. <laughs> yeah, I can go. Oh, that guy! You show me the thing, and I'm like, oh, right, I know you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But wait, like, so going going back to you inserting your brand into Japan, yes. like how? I mean, like, what what are the the basic strategies to something like that? So this is gold right here. Yeah. Just so you know, yeah, they're, everybody, they're, they're everybody gold. listen. There, there, there are certain stores that mean certain things to certain people. <laughs> so more specifically, if you're in the toy character and, and, and are you, you have to ask where, well, what are you? Are you Beijing toy show? That's not the same thing. Right. It's not the same business model. I think, yeah. I think like you said, you need to be in with a certain hype and all that, which is wonderful as long as you have your underlying few thousand people who deeply care about you, because that's going to be half the people there. When I went to TTF, all I could really, it was beautiful and I loved the whole thing, but a lot of people who didn't know what it is just in line to, because they were paid to be there. Right. Uh, And that that's wonderful for the short term. Not so I don't personally like that for the long, for the long term. And Japan for me was a, 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 a very long term, uh, personal goal, but I, I do think that there is a, a strategy. I hate putting it that way, mm. uh, but I think getting your work into certain stores, if you're more product centric, I, I I don't know I don't know the the like the gallery fine art route, but for pop culture, and is yeah, then it gets into the cause discussion. Like, is cause that? Is it? Oh, but but, be, but before we go there. there, I think we have to go there while we have you on the phone. But, but there, like, but there are the- certain, but there are certain places where it would be good for you to have your bear. For example, um, if you mm-hmm. had really high quality items where your characters appear on them, uh, mm-hmm. there are certain stores where certain ladies who drive, really drive the character business there. Um, once they interact and start to understand your work and why it's there at the places where they absolutely love the most and mm-hmm. being there means something very specific to them that you, that, and, but then they need to keep finding it there. Uh, and they need to keep finding it there and kind of like these soft touches and not so warm up to it, to warm up to it, What's that? to warm up to it. Yes. And, and to warm it, warm up to it. And, and it sounds so like plotting and, and cheesy in a way, but it's, I think because we just love all of the places where these all, all, where all this occurs, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, have you ever been to like character street yeah, under the Tokyo station? Right. You ever been to yes. character street? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I have. 
Yeah, it's like this massive. It's like every major character brand has their own little store. And yeah, like, I don't. Know, how temporary are those stores, or are they? The, some of them have been around. Like the Tomika store has been there for sure. forever. But then, yeah, yeah, like some come and go characters that like yeah. NHK is trying out in the morning. Like yeah, see. there's like there's like stores, small pop ups kind of, but they're stores for uh, characters, and they have product. Yeah, there's the some ass. staples, but tons but like, of product. Like Tamagotchi so, store yeah. came and went. Right. Yeah. And they'll so, put it back there yeah. and then, but like that, that's, that's one aspect of it. And that's like the, the major corporation character business model where you would want to be there because it's perceived by a certain way by tourists and by visitors who you want to have the international community find your stuff because you would like to enter their markets ultimately. So there's, there's that part of it, which it costs a fortune to just, just be there. But then there's, actually meaning something to the culture there specifically where most of the dollars and character culture is spent anyway, right? A majority of, of the, of the money to be made and the business to be had and the anything to do is, is there, but it's not at a show. It's not at a trade show or at a traveling circus or anything like that. It's more there. Um, I'd, I'd rather make a bunch of train pass holders and things that people who live there actually use than be at a booth, um, if you could do both, that'd be wonderful. But mm-hmm. if I had to focus in one for me, and I, I have, I've kind of made a conscious decision to not be at all the BTS booths and all that and, and try to mean something to people just getting through their day in the morning and trying, you know, like be the thing that they want to hang off of their thing that they're carrying while they're going up the stairs and it's 90 degrees outside, right? Mm-hmm. But that that became very important to me. So are you right? saying that like it's e- it's easier to enter the Japanese market by creating low price point items that can be able that, you know, like someone who like say has like a thousand yen on them, you know, can be able to just pick up and interact with incorporate into their daily lives and insert, insert them yourself that way. And then like kind of go in with the higher ticket items, you know, um, like, because, like, say, like a four thousand yen plush or something like that, you know, or like, is that like part of the strategy? You you could start with like watching what Snoopy j- does in Japan is a great learning tool. Uh, they're very wise and they're very smart with how they handle the the higher end stuff. That they they do have a bunch of low cost tchotchkes that you can pick up, but it's they they put a very specific focus every time they release the two dollar pen and clicky thing for a dollar for a hundred yen uh for yeah for a hundred to a thousand yen right they make sure that they also release this really nice version of like the tote bag but but like the tote bag that is like you know it's like more like a hundred dollars or whatever like the the tote bags are a very popular character thing that you find just Mm -hmm. as you walk into many of these places right and they're like 10 bucks or whatever 20 bucks Mm to five bucks uh but they'll make sure that for for whatever they do at this price point, they're also being putting out these really incredible just like temporary pop-ups at the window uh, in the Cebu department store or um, like, uh, Oh, another one to really watch is um, what's the one from uh, a Moomin, you know, Moomin. Sure. Yes. So, yeah, can't stand the content. Johansson. Don't yeah. like the animations. I love the illustrations, but the the products that they make specifically for Japan and how that's handled by their 
agency out there and where they, so, so they sell tons of these five and $10 mugs, but they balance that with these beautiful setups and they make these very, I'm sure very limited edition, like pillow uh, characters and and lots in the hundred dollar. And so for quantities they are probably selling tons of mugs and towels and little like uh, the, the uh, Tenugui and whatever, whatever that, like the sub $20 stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But even, those are all beautiful. They're beautifully done. But every time they do something like that, they're sure to balance it with a really beautiful setup somewhere where they send all their real hardcore fans somewhere at some event or, or something mm-hmm. that's, that kind of appeals to what made people love that in the first place anyway. Mm. So it's a very interesting balance. So it's not just making a bunch of tchotchkes and putting them in the right window, mm. but providing a, so kind of like an experience for your first five fans and then your first 10 and your first hundred and, and creating this world for them to keep falling in love with again, I think is really important. Now I'm, I'm inclined to ask, you know, you, you keep, you've mentioned, you know, getting it into the quote unquote right windows and to like, I mean, you, you mentioned you, you like early on, you had gotten sure. stuff into the windows. Yeah. Of we got into, Barney's, uh, you know, yeah, like, uh, we, we, we got, we, we went to Barney's and said like, you can just have this stuff, you know, and they loved it. And we loved, we got along great with them. We're like, we, we need to be in the window long enough to take some pictures <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that then because tower records understands Barney's a certain way, it may or may not be true, but, but the buyer at Barney's in Shibuya, which is the, um, I'm sorry, the Tower Records in Shibuya was at the time, and I don't know if it still is, but at the time in the early 2000s was where you wanted to be if you wanted to launch character goods. So we launched there before anywhere else. Wow. We got into Kitty Land because the buyer at Kitty Land lives and dies by what Tower Records Shibuya accepts. It's like an acceptance, right? Wow, really? I would think it's the other way around almost. I Kitty thought Land, so too. I, thought I, couldn't, was, I couldn't believe. What I, I thought was that hearing. was an institution, but okay. I know. I, I don't. I don't know if that dynamic touches character goods so much anymore. It's more, at least for now, seems to be just going straight to where your core customer actually loves mm-hmm. to, to to be, and where they feel like they're like, oh, this is my my life. When I walk into this department store, and upstairs is the, the, I'm going to go buy a bag or a shoes or something. But as I'm walking through here, this is me, right? Like. My, my life is this. And so I'm surrounded by uh, these high-end goods, but they're very adorable. And I love Snoopy and I like Moomin. And I, oh, what's this cute thing here? And oh, that's interesting that my favorite store said that this is, that, that it's okay for it to be here. What's this, right? Right. right. And but, I don't okay, so sound like, like you're tricking anyone, but it's like, just, you want to... Well, no, it's, it's definitely not tricking because they ultimately they have to decide yes or no. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we're probably the worst... <laughs> in but then in that in that world we're like the worst right you know like kitty land actually has a grading uh locate by location where kitty land is literally just like the further back you go the more your brand sucks really, really? Like, yeah and a lot of other retailers and licensing companies will hear about your what you got going and then they'll go check out where you're placed at not all of the kitty lands because it turns out there's tons it's actually a chain but really the one the, the omatsasanda one used to be at least i don't know now but it's a grading system and they'll mm-hmm. okay so you're about two-thirds of the way up so i'm not i'm going to be paying like this minimum guarantee to get your i'll try you out on my umbrellas okay. wow okay that's I, I, that is something i yeah i didn't know well okay 
you know, I, I, I imagine the kind, I mean, like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting talking to you because you are obviously a, you know, a large brand, you know, Ugly Doll is not just like, you know, a, a mom and pop kind of like, you know, like thing. It's become so much more than this, but like, do you have advice for people who are coming in, who are starting now? Like, have you, through your experience and wisdom, like, you know, kind of like have any ideas or advice for people who are trying to get into maybe the plush game, the designer toy game? Yes, absolutely. You know. uh, my, especially now, I actually think that now it sounds ridiculous, but now is like the time, now is the time, uh, right? Like right now. Like, now like right is now. the time. COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think for the first time in a long time, like like you're you're, and I think about this a lot. There's a lot of creators out there who want to do this, who are also like, "Ooh, no payday Friday, huh? Mm. How am I going to survive?" That's interesting. So they're going through that, and that's sort of like the most important thing on the planet right now, and that's just everybody and to various degrees. But it's also you have to just, you, yes, you don't have, like you, yes, that's all like coming at you like a freight train, but you're also home and you can work mm-hmm. and you can, now you have to get whatever it is that can be done, done. Like you, it's, if the thing that you want to do involves you sitting down and doing it, then this is the best time to start right now. And then all the strategies and all that, once things start to open up again, uh, like if you do want to be in the Japanese character space, uh, go there. It's actually not as expensive as you think. It, it could be the most right. expensive purchase set these creators have ever made, but it's like the places I go go to. Like I, I my flight from Korea to including hotel, uh, like would be like a couple hundred dollars. And then I, I, I ate for I not on purpose, like try, but I just didn't really spend any. I just didn't go to any touristy areas, and I had to brave not being able to read anything or just Google Map, you know, Google Translate everything. It looks stupid, <laughs> but you don't, it's not really that expensive to, and, and, and just to be there and to, you can hear about it all day from stuttering people like, you know, like who can hardly get it out in one mm-hmm. sentence, but you can reading about it and buying the things and that it, it's not the same as going there and, and seeing it and seeing that whatever you want to do to, to see it actually in the place where it belongs and to it clicks somehow it, it clicks when you're just there. Mm-hmm. And and you'd be surprised how much it clicks when when you're standing in a uh, if all you ever wanted to do was to have books and plush and character goods at your favorite Japanese bookstore chain. And you stand there and you watch how people interact with and interface with everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it'll it'll change everything. You'll run home and be so energized that no one will be able to stop you now. Now you're going to run home and like not stop churning out whatever it is that, you know, because you kind of something clicked where you think you might got it. And mm. hopefully what clicks is that it's just going to take forever. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a very long game. It may, it may talk, take off immediately, you know, and there's strategies to talk about till the cows come home. Right. But I think if, if that's specifically what, what you want to do, right. being there is a good first step and just watching. Right. So, I mean, even if, let's say, even if your, your dream isn't like going to Japan, is this to conquer the United States market? You know, what, you know, like being, uh, uh, going to events, going to um, like 
you know, uh, stores and stuff like that is basically the same kind of thing is, what would you say? The, the, yes. Like say, say you're, you just want to stay local. You just want to stay in the States. Um, the shows can be a great thing, but they can also, in my opinion, be the worst thing, uh, both. And it depends on what it is that you make. And it depends on what it is that your long-term and short-term goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the great thing about the shows is that you can get this fan base that always knows where to find you. And it kind of is important. It turns out to, to physically be there. Um, and, and you can connect with, I mean, if you, if you can get 2000 fans to each spend a hundred dollars on you a year, that's amazing. And if right. you can maintain that for an extended period of time, that you're done, right? That's, <laughs> I, I would be very happy. I would even half of that. That's incredible. And you, in theory, could do that with shows. But while you're there, I don't know if you're having much of an impact on actual culture. I think you're having, I think you're being, it's, it's almost like a separate universe for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're in there, so you, you're, you're so getting ready for the next show and the next show. And now there are so many. Like Don, going to, Don goes to a show every, like twice a day. basically oh he was there's hundreds of yeah (laughs) and and so 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 well for his world so yeah for it depends like specifically for that world you probably do need to go to those shows but make sure you're also affecting the actual culture where these shows are taking place because as you see what if the shows evaporate then Mm -hmm. did all that hard work and your effect on culture evaporate with it or is it still there because you're outside of the realm of that, of the walls of that arena? What, what do you mean by like really affecting important. the culture? Like what, what, like in what way, or like, I, I mean, in like, like, this, this was a very happy accident. Uh, I did not plan it, but walking into giant robot because I loved the magazine and getting along with Eric and, and getting to know him um, that like Sawtell, thanks to Eric is is an, is a massive, he's had a massive impact on culture in general. And he's, he's grown one from nothing. Right. Right. It, right. It's, it, it, he's the mayor of culture of something that you can feel something. Now I even really walk down Sawtell mm-hmm. on, on one of those warmer days. Mm-hmm. And the feeling that you get is actually because of his presence and everything that he's done and the people that show up there. And all of that is because of that one little maneuver of just deciding to go for it. Right. Yeah. right. So, no matter, and Eric's always at giant, uh, the Comic-Con and Eric's always at the, uh, mm-hmm. at the, you know, whatever shows. But if those, if, if he was just doing the shows, it would have a very different meaning to people than, than that. And then those who exist in that, like we, our, our being there early on was a blessing because it, it really did mean a lot. Like that place being there meant a lot to a lot of people and it mm-hmm. meant something very specific. And then when you walk in there and you see certain things very carefully displayed a certain way with the right lighting and just his way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's this beautiful experience that people bring home with them and they want more of that. It's like uh, the first sip of that little beer. I mean, you get off work in Japan there. The horrific, like, do you have advice for like people who ha- are, just not just maybe don't have the confidence in themselves when it comes to pimping themselves out to like, you know, approach like, you know, like people like, you know, like how, like, like how far along should you be before you do, do you think 
people should be before they, this question could go out to both you and David and Eric, you know, before they kind of like present themselves to stores and, you know, like, um, or like, you know, tastemakers, like, obviously, like you can't, you can't just show up there with an idea in your head, but like, how far along do you think, you know, people should be? Eric, you've had a lot, I mean, you've had a lot of people coming in who just want to have their work shown, right? And I, I remember yeah. especially a lot of the more recent stories were, <laughs> were, <laughs> Those stories were are great. pretty, pretty, well, it depends what side of the, the uh, of standing. You're, are you standing yeah. behind Eric with him in there while these people are coming in or are you that guy? It depends. <laughs> right. Oh, no. It certainly depends. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But I think, uh, at least I've made a guideline. So I made a little business card guideline that tells people what you can do or what I would expect. But uh, part of it is, you know, having a little bit of experience. Like I, if, if it's art, I, I'd hope they'd have at least five years of experience because most artists have at least five years of experience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have 50 or 100 pieces in your style? I, or are you a lot or, of time, man? Or or are you just starting? You know, like are you are you like doing your tenth piece in your life, and now you're already showing it to me, which is too early, right? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. There's a lot of um, criteria, but I'm starting to realize I'm like, oh, a lot of people who come to me are just starting, mm. and they haven't executed much at all, and they don't even know what they're really doing, but they're already wanting a show. They're seeing, uh, you know, that they want their art on the walls without any kind of much, much practice to be dead honest. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd like people that have some experience, at least in, you know, a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of time put in. And, uh, at least that means there's at least thought process going on. It's not just a quick reaction to something that they saw and they decide to make something and then think it's you know worthy to be on a gallery wall, mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. gallery wall, you know, and I, I, I kind of think it's gotta be something that's developed over a little bit of time. That's what I hope for anyway doesn't have to be though that's the thing all rules can be broken in my opinion but i that's sort of like a minimum i think is that mm. and then if you look at everyone who's been successful in that in that realm in that in that realm versus toys or toyota character realm it feels like there was always that first thing they did that first for me like the my first interaction with takashi murakami was just walking through um what's that the rockefeller center and he had this huge, it was like in the late nineties or early a big, big statue. Yeah. yeah the big, yeah. yeah. And, and at the time, what, this is Rockefeller center. What's this doing here? What is something like that doing here? Why would that be here? Right. This is the, 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 the today show is right there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. What, what's going on here? It's this beautiful place. I love walking through there. I used to live on, I used to live in midtown. I used to do all my homework in the, uh, in my, at my father's office up in the Olivia Mather building. And I walked through through there afterwards and like, whoa this mm -hmm. what how do they even know do people visiting here know <laughs> this guy then of course you put Not it exactly there. but but of course you put it there because you're the first of all you're the first person to put it there and then who who's who are you going to go tell you know i i don't know what he did with that but i imagine that if i found a place in new york city or somewhere where that's the first time someone's ever done that there and I'm going to make sure I have the next guy know about it. The next thing that I need to occur after this or writer at the LA times or New York times or whatever, whatever it is, in the arts, whatever, whatever it is for the next thing needs to see, Oh, wow. What's that doing there? And then 
oh, I'd like to write about that. And then while that article is coming out, it's immediately handed to this person who would really love to read about that. And that's interesting. And, and it, you, but it kind of has to start, I think from, and I don't, I don't mean just find some blank wall that no one's exploited yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the first, like those obey stickers mm-hmm. were, oh, that, but then now I, you can, New York is mostly stickers. It's, 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 you don't see them anymore. Right. So you have to kind of be, you have to find your, your place that you are, uh, exist in i think and it, it has to be yours and not just to be different or ooh, edgy but like not not to put a giant you know in in korea there's this one giant mall called the coex and a lot of character designers were putting giant inflated versions of their characters on the on the top of the mall so that a lot of people would see them when they walk by but then that was it that was the thing and that's not what murakami did in my opinion in 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 right next to the today show right he, he was that was the first little pinprick in a very well laid out path that he had set out to to i think and i don't that after that i don't know and then it's just really guessing but right. that to me felt like the first of many very purposeful uh maneuvers not tr- shady or tricky or any kind of cheesy but like what a great it was this beautiful experience to find that there and i'll never forget that right now if i find something there well it's the pokemon store but you know you don't you don't it's not the same formula you're gonna have to find your your place whether that's a shop that means something to people or a little shop that means nothing to anyone or it's yours or you start doing something on some corner somewhere or something that it then that belongs to you and not just ta-da, okay, now can I be a show in Giant Robot? But like that you're <laughs> you're doing that because now that's you. And you have the next thing ready and the next thing ready. And you're you're doing that because you love doing that. You would do that forever if no one was looking. But it's yours. Speaking speaking of, you know, doing something in, uh, that you love, like can you map out the, the very beginnings of Ugly Doll and how it, you know, like, like I, from the mythology is that you know it started off as just a little doodle that you did on you know for, between letter um, with letters to your now wife, sure, of course. and then like when did how did it evolve from doodles to a plush, um, and then from a pl- from a plush to a mass production plush? Sure, but I, I think it was way even before that when I first met Sunmin. I I just uh, it was in that first drawing class where we met. And we were supposed to draw a nude model, and I, I'm just ter- I'm just terrible at all of that. Like I shouldn't have even been there, really. Uh, but so I drew the same pose, but it was like one of the same, like a, it would look like Bobo or whatever, like whatever the the known ugly dolls are, like pre ugly doll, ugly doll looking thing in the mm-hmm. same pose, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of looked <laughs> over, and um, the teacher said something about ugly and what, whatever that. But that there's that story, but then just me and uh, Sunman and I exchanging sketchbooks and I started looking through her sketchbook and she had stuff pulled out of Japanese video game magazines and clipped stuff from character stuff from Korea that were in there. Um, and a lot of like alien UFO stuff. And, and uh, like in Japan, a lot of that wa- uh, Mothman and Flatwoods monster and all those are, are enormously popular. It's all classified under Uma, which means uh, 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 something you, unidentified mysterious animal right mm. so anytime you go to a japanese bookstore since 
the 90s until now, there's at least some UMA books that are there that have every single little guy in there. It's like this. I don't know why it's still, I, maybe it's popular or they just do that for a few hundred people, but it's just always. I love been. that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. So remember but. the Medicom series where they had them at, at GR1 uh, when you, like in the early days, but Medicom made little, little uh, figures of the, all those little funny Uma stories like Mothman and you know, you know, the Hollywood theory and all that shit, right? Was it Medicom or was it Kyoto or something? Kyoto, Kyoto did some later, but Medicom Kyoto did some too. Uh, yeah. They were called the Museum Mystery Museum series. Was that Medicom? Yeah, and it was okay. like the Philadelphia we'll experiment, sure. and yep. like with the half boat thing disappear. It was crazy. It was yeah. coast to coast subject matter was coast to coast. <laughs> yeah, and and so she, I found all that stuff in her sketchbook. I'm like, what you you know what the Flatwoods monster is? Like you, how do you, how do you have this? Like so, I think are really hitting it off and having kind of like pretty much the exact same interests. Although I had no idea what K-pop was at all. So that was new for me. <laughs> uh, like Finkel and uh, uh, HOT, High Five of Teenager, all that stuff. Like I, I was really early. Mm, wow. And, uh, but but uh, mm. that, 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 that kind of shared interest and, and, and putting that universe together, mm. the, you know, t- the two of us together since like 98, I think was a, a really big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the actual building of it, once we dropped those first few off at giant robot, um, you dropped off like actual, like you guys like hand stitched a bunch, uh, some ugly dolls or come and did the first box of, I don't know how many there were really the very first few, maybe only four or five. I, I don't really remember. Kind of forgot, man. <laughs> uh, the first there was like four wage and one Bobo or something, something like that. And I was yeah. used to have that cam where I would just run home and then watch to see if anyone picks them up or whatever. Oh, we had a live cam in the store. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. It was more like a fast slideshow, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. And, um, and that, that was, I don't know if you still have it, but there was the chime when you walk in the, Irashi, that, oh, the, the Japanese chime. Yeah. I have yeah, it somewhere, yeah. but I don't use it anymore. And this was like when, Groove Visions had those little figures and it was like the Super yeah. Flat show had just occurred and, and that was the the timing of of all of this, right? Yep. And um man, those those first few that that they were just gone. And I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. So, I think but the the really meaningful drop for me was like the second or the third time when we walked in and I had way more, like maybe 15 of them. Mm-hmm. And um this finally, she bought a sewing machine. She had done the first twenty or so just actually by hand. Wow. She, these are the first things that she ever sewed ever. Like the first wage, the orange, that was the first thing that she ever sewed just ever. Uh, so she didn't own a sewing machine. Uh, so after, I think, I think there was that first box where that we could, you know, she could make more because she had the actual machine. And Kate Capshaw was at the register and turned it around and said, like, oh, what are, what are these things, you know? Uh, I thought, oh no, anything goes. Please don't buy all these. I want them to go <laughs> sit mm-hmm. on the. I want them to sit on the shelf. He's like, wow, look at all these. Are they part of one set? Uh, uh-uh. I don't <laughs> want you to buy these. <laughs> I want them to sit there for like a week, you know? Because I, I thought that 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 was that that was it. Like that was the thing was these existing there mm-hmm. and and being there and and man that that was a huge that that i still still like uh, whatever came after that 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 had the greatest impact i think where those first few times where they were actually sitting there 
and people were walking by them and interfacing with them and, and interacting with them. Somehow mm-hmm. that was the, the time. Like everything else, I, I can tell you the whole story. Oh, this happened and that happened. And I think a lot of it is strategy, but it was just random chance and just there's mm-hmm. people like them. But, but that being there and people really enjoying them and, and, and them ending up meaning something to people. And then like the ugly cons that we did very early on. And in San Francisco, there was like a little bit of a upset because um, <laughs> it was like a long, so, so like, the, but, but even those, even those upsets and like the, Oh, right. I should have made more of this. And maybe I did too much of that. And, and those were like, those little things were like the real treasures. And I think because that's what we were so into that kind of gave us the fuel to, pay more attention to and, and more care into, into where everything else went because we wanted that feeling. We wanted to, we just wanted to keep feeling like that. Right. Mm. How soon after like the creation of these plushes, did you kind of realize like, okay, this is something that we can take much, much higher. I, it was when we went beyond, cause we really, we were with uh, Eric in LA. There was a furniture store on La Brea. Um, I don't remember the name plastic something they they had kind of like kids designer furniture mm. and french wooden toys and then a few brio things and then our and then our and our stuff and then they had like a mumble boy doll or something mm. uh, oh what store was that maybe plastica is that the name of it i don't, I don't remember i know that sounds familiar it's on LeBron. there was one i think there were a lot was of it? really special stores that were like really nice independent stores opening up around the U.S. around around that time. That yeah, so that. some of the – I remember one thing about Ugly Dolls that was I thought was also important was even if it was handmade, you, you went for a lower price point that might have made it where, I don't know, dollars to time – was probably yeah. not really yes. good, right? It was yeah, probably well, like maybe maybe a push, like maybe you made no money with those. No, really, it was right? lost. Yeah, it was a loss leader for sure. <laughs> yeah, which like is kind of a interesting, ri- but that's an interesting kind of a risk or way to go at it at that time because sure. that's the very beginning. Sure. Um, but you did undercut any other plush maker uh, that was trying to do handmade plush. Right. Right. Uh, you, you actually were so much lower in price than the next closest because we were carrying plush by other people. Yes, I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I think friends with you might have even ha- I've even had their plush at the time. Sure, yeah. They and those are sixty dollars plus type of thing, sixty, sure. seventy. I think yours was thirty maybe at the time. They were, or something they were like thirty. That. Yes, yes. They were thirty, right? The ugly doll is handmade. Yes. So th- therefore, they sold like crazy right away. Whereas the other plush kind of sat on the shelf, and I did sell them. Yeah, yeah. I sold, I sold the other plush, but yours was all of a sudden became super hot because of that. Uh, right. I think. That, I don't know if that, that had. Any, yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, also, I would yeah, say I so thinking, for sure. Uh, that's a risk to take as a young person. Usually, you're thinking, okay, loss leader is just a very difficult thing to accept at in the yeah. very beginning. Usually yeah, oh, it, thinking, it was, it was, I, I mean, gotta get first, you know, something. Hey, the first many times that I dropped those off, I didn't even want you to see, but I, I, I was on the bus. All right. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I took the RTD. I don't know what they call it now, but, uh, but, but, but that was, that was, uh, yeah, I, 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 RTD was, re- was a rapid transit district. RTD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I took the, uh, the bus from, uh, my, I was in my mom's house in Manhattan beach for the first few. And I had to change at that LAX switchy changey where you stand all night you know that one? Oh, we knew you were sketchy that's okay yeah yeah, well, yeah <laughs> but, but i i had to like deep like wet you get the sweat to come up you know so i could walk in like oh no problem i just came in these are out of my trunk like that you know like fake that. oh we, we knew you were weird it was perfect. <laughs> we already knew 
Yeah, you weren't hiding. Like, he, you didn't do a good job. He didn't hide a thing, but it's okay. Just walk around the first corner, then go down to Olympic. It's okay. On a side street. <laughs> so, so, but, but, um, it, it, everything went into being able to do that because that, that was the best, that, that was the thing that we always wanted to do. And mm-hmm. that was the best expression and the best case scenario of what we've always wanted to do. Because when we were in school, we always wanted to make toys and tell stories through toys, but we didn't want to work for a toy company. And we didn't picture our stuff on the shelf at a mass market toy. You like know, a KB Toys or whatever. Or yeah, toys right. Then, and, right. And mass market was very different back then, right? It's actually, I love, I love mass market now. Like I think Target is brilliant and they're sure. genius. And even- well, You even, actually go to Target a lot. I even guess. even Walmart here. I don't know over there, but over here, it's it's nice. <laughs> well, what do you look for walmart, Wal- I, mean, I, I have no problems with walmart you know but the I walmart know. by me is kind of shady so. no no but i mean we're changing changing topics a little yeah, bit yeah, you I, go to I, target I you go to walmart a lot right. what are you looking for today like when you go there well it's, I, it's because you're it's the it's ultimate your pulse stuff. on what well especially here because here the really that's all there is there's no giant robot there's no giant you know everything's no so there's no there's no charming street to walk down. There's one neighborhood that was literally designed by the guy who designed Brantwood, where it in an eerie way looks exactly like it, and you walk down there and it's like just this. They okay, there's Starbucks and like some cool shoe store that someone with money just does as a hobby. But there's no like like a so so that's all there is. So it's a place where I've always gone to kind of check what everyone's doing on a larger scale. Like, okay, so what's happening with character culture and, and kids in North America, right? A Paw Patrol. Uh, Paw Patrol has a whole thing, and then they have end caps. Oh, Ryan's Toy Review took everyone's lunch. Okay, that's interesting, right? They, those, those things have also always made me crazy. Like, I, I, I don't have as much of a desire to exist in that space myself, but I, I love the dynamics involved. I love going over to my friend Derek Philip, uh, Darren Philipson, uh, who is an Alpha Toys in, in El Segundo, and just hearing he invited me to talk at, at that toy company. And I was like, yeah, I'll talk for you uh, if you then let me poke around and let me see the whole place because I love the mechanics and the wheels and the gears behind this the the machine of mass toy culture and and pop culture, right? Uh, because that's what I grew up on. Like I, I love the toy line from Hasbro so much because it was like. These these are the guys who made Darth Vader. Like they're still making Darth Vader. In fact, mm-hmm. our packaging and Darth Vader's packaging was the same when when ours came out last year. Like these kind of weird tubes that they did, right? So I I was always I've always been in love with that. Not as much as real character culture, which is not really even per se for children in, in Japan. But right. uh, that's always been a big draw for me. But but when we first started, that was not that was not an option. It was not. Um, I think they had elevated that whole business tremendously. I think they'd done a fantastic job of, I, I, I don't like it that because, you know, I, like there are no more specialty toy stores. There are no more specialty mom and pop stores in general. Right. Um, so why? Because the big box guys came in and then the big box guys got hammered by, by online and so on and so on. Right. Mm. But the, in the last few years, I've been quite impressed by what, the, at least what they've done with it has been pretty remarkable like from just as a as a quasi designer or someone interested in design and in uh you know the dynamics of why certain things suddenly disappear and oh uh you know 
that Dwayne Johnson toys came six months too early because the movies held back and all that stuff. I love that. I love that. Wait, so like, well, how far between your the the first hand stitched um, ugly doll to you going to a, I'm assuming Chinese factory? Um, like, did what was there? Was it like a, a year or something like that before you're like, you know what? Okay, we we're at a point where like this needs to be sure taken to the next level. Yeah, the, uh, that was during during the very first year. Uh, I went from uh, Manhattan Beach to then sleep, sleeping on my sister's floor, and then I would just take the bus over the hill to drop them off at, at Eric's place, right? And then um, ship a couple of them to New York to that Zaka that place on Grand Street. Um, but Eric got like you know nine out of ten of them went went mm-hmm. to Giant Robot, and um, Sunman would have to go get more fabric. And this fabric that we were using was very uncommon there. I mean, it kind of looks like fleece, but there's something really, it's like off weird fleece's weird, ugly cousin. Right? And she, she went there and suddenly there was less. And she's like, well, where's, where's all the different colors that I like using? What's going on? And he said, Oh, well, why, what do you, what do you keep, you know, going after this fabric for? And she's like, Oh, I make, dolls with this and he's like this is this is not a this is not doll fabric this is for i'm getting rid of this this is not even popular this is like one of my worst selling uh fabrics that i've ever uh, you know i'm just we're not producing these anymore so we found out uh who was producing them like he was buying them whoever he got the fabrics from was going to discontinue them mm. found out that it was actually a a, a factory uh, owned it, it's based in Korea, but then all the production that they do is in uh, China. Mm-hmm. And they, I think, in the eighties or whenever it was, they used to be the factory that did everything for Rust Trolls. Remember the trolls with the hair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and so we connected with that guy, and we connected with a guy in New Jersey to handle all the sales and the logistics. And we we knew that we needed to go from being in giant robot and hand sewing and we needed to skip the step where you like use back then it was fulfill co. I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. There was no dove quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. right. So there, the, the, yeah. the actually it's a great time to start again, because now, now all the options that are available, like you like Barnes and Noble up until a couple of weeks ago was starving for really cool, funky stuff that they need because they're not, only a bookstore anymore right right so go to the guy the guy the um dove sold everything to or is still working dispersed yeah Uh yeah so so like they're finding great distributors or 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 working with uh guys who have an in at maybe certain shops could be a one one avenue i don't know but anyway anyway, that that wasn't really a thing Mm. when in 2002 2003 so we found we we made a partnership with a guy who had a warehouse in New Jersey and could easily uh, ship to, you know, specialty uh, set up a booth at toy fair, like a really tiny booth in the back corner of, of the New York toy fair in 2000, February, 2003. And we hadn't made anything yet. We just had the prototypes hanging on the wall and we just took orders from who we just stood there. And then, little mom and pop shops would come by and then they would get excited and they would send over their buddies who also own stores. And it kind of just, kind of just went from there. And wow. So you, you, you took the leap, like, so you, you found the factory who was making the material. 
Um, And that factory also was in the business of production. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you took the leap and like, you know what, like, let's, let's get into New York Toy Fair. Let's like, you know, start like 